are back. The boys are back in town after um, a slightly longer than planned break, which I'm sure I will be told off for. Uh, it is the return of FPL Faceoff. Two comedians pitting each other's skills against each other in the world of fantasy Premier League. Uh, my name is Fitz and I'm joined, as always, by, I suppose, reigning champion Tom Glover. Tom, how are you? I'm good, Fitz. I've been good for two or three weeks now waiting to record the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking at my uh, my previous season's rank. I've been I've been planning my takedown of you for the new season, but you you've been on the run. You've 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 had COVID. You've been on stag do's. You've been on family holidays. In fact, just you're still currently in France. I am. I am in France. Yep, yeah, this is true. Um, I you can imagine how delighted my family were when I told them that I'd be recording uh, a podcast. For, before the season had even started but um they they are staggered the fact that i would have mate i would have happily recorded two or three weeks ago as you know but um but yeah unfortunately well, i got very unlucky and um yeah been been very unwell covid not one to be messed about with i um i don't think i underestimated it but i definitely didn't realize that it could happen to me so um <laughs> i think you i think you underestimated underestimated covid more than you underestimated my abilities in fantasy football fits when you, you decided to take me on last season. Um, well, I introduced you to the game and and look how it came to bite me on the ass. <laughs> yeah, I, I left you on a ventilator, gasping for air. That you did, my friend. Um, but uh, but for anyone who's who's new to the podcast, welcome. Um, so this is the are... dynamic. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Yeah, basically, um, Tom is fairly new to FBL and smashed me last year. Um, smashed, to be fair, not just smashed me, but smashed, uh, you know, nine million other players as well. What was your final rank uh, in twenty one twenty two? Well, we, we don't have to dwell on the past. We look, we look at the future fits, but it, it was five and a half K, I think, okay. or around that number. There or thereabouts. Good. Well, um, and it's a very, very impressive rank and you deservedly should be shouting from the rooftops about it. And as I say, unfortunately, it's my fault. You've not had the opportunity to shout about it before now. Um, because yes, well, it's because you knew away. that I'd, I had four, I'd have had four podcasts to shout about it. And obviously yeah. the new season starts this weekend. And at that point, maybe you will be the new, the new king. You'll be, you'll be riding high <laughs> off the game week one. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not sure you will be because I've seen your draft, but you know what I'm talking about. I do. In theory, it's possible. In theory, yes. it's possible. Um, Apparently, you're uh, both well, all ranked the same. Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to getting stuck into the season. Really looking forward to chatting to you, as always. And and, and welcome. If you are new to the podcast, welcome uh, to FPL Faceoff. Do give us a follow on Twitter at FPL Faceoff. I feel now we've mentioned Twitter, it's probably fair to to big, big yourself up a little bit more. Um, the, the dynamic has changed even more because we were but two comedians interested in fancy Premier League and we're now two comedians interested in fancy Premier League, but one of us uh, is is a basically a viral sensation in terms of Twitter videos. Do you mind um, sharing what you've, <laughs> what you've been up to? A, a viral sensation in a very niche field of comedy. <laughs> In the, in the FPL um, Twitter sphere, I've, I've gone viral in relative terms. Um, yeah. I have shared some of the videos with the the regular comedy going audience, and it's been met with um, complete <laughs> silence and bemusement. But um, in our little world where we talk of differentials and effective ownership, it, it analytics it means FC to people out there. 
Uh, yeah. So yeah, we we boosted the Twitter following with some with some funny videos, and we've um, hopefully drawn a few new listeners into the podcast. I mean, I'll be honest, it, it wouldn't take much. There's we've we didn't have the best listener figures last season. I'm sure I, I'm our producer, producer Glenn, uh, ne- never told us the numbers just to protect our confidence because we are confidence We're confidence players. players. We're both confidence players. Absolutely. Yeah, said, yeah. Does does it matter how many people are listening? <laughs> If it if it's two or three, then just keep on going. All right, your mums are proud of you. They message me every week. They tell us they're they're very proud. Um, I mean, pretty pretty indifferent, I would say, um, but but very proud nonetheless. Well, I'm not sure your mother's proud of you, to be honest, Fitz, for the excuses you've been coming up with. You're sat there with a green screen on. There's the Eiffel Tower in the background. You have got some garlic around your neck. But are you really in France, or is this just I... another way of trying to trying to hide from me? I can, I can confirm I'm doing my best to hide, but um, yeah, there's, there is no getting away from it. We're going to have to start um, <laughs> thinking about the season. And um, yeah, like I say, I think, I think we're both in, uh, we're both older and wiser. We're both um, perhaps one of us is more inclined to put Man United players into their FBL team than the other, but that's exactly as it's always been. So um, yeah, I'm, I think we're in, a, I think we're in good shape and I'm looking forward to, um, to cracking on and yeah, getting stuck in. You, you may you may be hearing right now that one of us has forgotten to take our microphone on holiday with us. And, uh-huh. um, there is um, there is also that is fifty percent bad. Yeah, there will be an audio issue, uh, which is is my fault. Um, generally, I love this podcast and I love doing this podcast, and I've been really excited <laughs> to do it. Um, and then you know how it is. Um, for, for again, for new listeners, both Tom and I are parents. Um, to young humans and, and and it's hard work so when I was getting out of the house I got we drove from Devon southwest England to southwest France basically um, and it was a long long time in the car and I got to the ferry and realized I hadn't got my microphone and I thought shit um, but never mind I'd have gone never back mind. I, I would have gone back but that's my commitment to the podcast and <laughs> we don't all have the same commitment that's true, yeah, and and fuel being as cheap as it is at the moment, and um, you know, I th- I thought for the, for those three listeners, I thought I'd, I'd go back and um, improve the audio quality for for my mum and for yours, but um, we are where we are. So yes. apologies for the audio quality, but trust me, what what this podcast lacks in audio quality from one half of us, it more than makes up for in random punts and some useful FPL knowledge almost certainly yes which is what we what we'll be doing tonight we're going to go through each position in mm. FPL we're going to talk about our favorite picks and um our players to avoid because I, I don't think that's been covered by any content creators at this point it's <laughs> two days before the season starts I'm sure no one else has done this yet so this is going to be Absolutely. a good unique take and there will be return of one of our features from last season uh the Grealish diaries uh we are the only podcast that has a direct link with Jack Grealish he sends us his diary each week to try and help boost us and um we read that out on the show so that will hopefully return this season and despite producer Glenn saying it's making fun of people from the Midlands for being stupid that's not the case producer Glenn it's it's making the fun it's making the fun of Jack (laughs) Grealish for being stupid okay I'm allowed to do that because he's very rich younger than us yeah and if 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 we're honest, he is also pretty stupid. Um, some of the some of the footage of him being asked, did you see the um, uh, Troy Hawk? Uh, the so you might be familiar with the Greeters Guild. Troy Hawk has 
started these videos is a comedian and he did one where he uh, was greeting the Man City players to training and he dresses in like a smoker's jacket and he's very kind of well-spoken and Jack Grealish came in and he went my word sir you have a fantastically symmetrical face and Jack Grealish looked incredibly confused and then revealed afterwards that he didn't know what he meant by symmetrical so um, yes yes uh, yeah I I think, I think Jack Grealish is I think Jack Grealish's stupidity was slightly more underground last season, but I think it's come more to the forefront since his move to Man City. So I'm, I'm going to give the Grealish diaries another go, Good. or at least Jack will. Yes. Well, of course, of course. Um, excellent stuff. So as I say, um, do give us a follow on Twitter at FPL Faceoff. You can get in touch with us there. Uh, this is episode one of the 21-22 season. And we're delighted to be back. So let's start the ball rolling. Um, we're going to start talking about goalkeepers. Now, the goalkeeper position is quite an interesting one this year. Um, we will try and keep to a, a decent time as well. Um, so we we want you to be able to consume this um, very quickly before the start of the season, of course. Um what are your thoughts in terms of goalkeepers, Tom? Because obviously, normally one would wonder whether it would be worth spending the extra on a on a premium keeper. What are you thinking? Um, yes, well, obviously this season they they brought the premium keepers prices down. So uh, Alison Edison and Lloris to uh, all five and a half million to make them mm. slightly more tempting. For me, I'm not really interested in a premium keeper. I think it wastes Spurs, City, and Liverpool spots that you you'll probably want to triple up on them at some point this season, and from what I've seen that the premium keepers don't heavily outscore the, the lower end keepers. There's there's usually a four and a half million keeper that will keep up or even beat that, that premium keeper by the end of the season. Um, so for me, it'll be a four and a half million and a four million keeper look, looking likely at the moment to be Danny Ward at Leicester because uh, Schmeichel is on the way out the door. So mm. yeah, Danny Ward or Iverson, who is their their other backup keeper who's been playing in preseason because Danny Ward's been injured. So yeah, probably the, a four million keeper from Leicester and then a four and a half million mm. keeper. What, what are your thoughts? Well, that, yeah, I think logically that is always the approach that I have traditionally gone, gone down. Um, it's interesting. I, I've not seen where Schmeichel is linked to, but I keep seeing that he is linked. Um, and so to, to timestamp this, we're recording this on the 1st of August, Monday. Um, hopefully it will be in your ears in the next kind of uh, couple of days, certainly b- before the start of the season. But yeah, so I'm, I'm not 100% sure where Schmeichel's rumoured to, um, to be going yeah, to. Yeah, I, I think he's... I'm not sure if it's officially confirmed yet, but it looks mm. like he's going to Nice for a million right. pounds, which... That seems, cheaper, yeah, it does seem like. very cheap. Yeah, um, but that could lead to a little kind of um, bit of a an interesting uh, domino effect because Newcastle are in for James Madison and they've apparently bid fifty million, and Leicester apparently want Dubravka from um, Newcastle. So it could be Madison plus um, cash. Uh, sorry, Dubravka plus cash for Madison, maybe, who knows? And and that will mix things up even more. But um, anyway, traditionally, normally I would go down the 4.5 um, route myself as it stands. And I will come on to my draft. Most of the drafts that I've kind of had a tinker with have got Edison in goal. Um, and that is because he's 5.5 and because it offers a good way into the Man City 
um, defence because their early fixtures are are pretty good. Um, you know, they've got West Ham away, but then it's Bournemouth, then it's uh, Newcastle. It's a, it's a sea of green, basically, with Palace, Forest, Villa, Spurs in there a bit later on. But, but there are some clean sheets there, potentially. So... As it stands, Edison is in there, but I have also considered um, the 4.5. You know, Raya, I think, has got a fairly decent run for for Brentford, although there's also talk of him potentially um, being outed by... uh, Have they signed another keeper as well, Brentford? Yeah, they signed uh, Lazio's keeper. I can't remember his name, but um, the Brentford Brentford in the nose seem to think that Ray is going to be number one. He's going to be first yeah. choice, but obviously they've got a good backup there. So if, if anything happen, if they start to have some bad results, it is possible that he could lose his spot, but I, I don't think so. He seems like a great keeper. Um, he is, he is one of the most popular keepers at 4.5 price along with Sanchez. Um, mm. But actually Mendy's the most selected keeper at the moment at Chelsea at 5 million. Um, personally, I'm, Chelsea have no, not looked great in pre Absolutely. Their defense has yeah, completely changed. We don't know if Chilwell's fit. We don't know if Reese James is going to be at centre back or right wing back. Um, Talk I have of them gone... going for Cucurella as well. Have you seen that? Yes, but that yeah. as as usual, there's also talk of them being um, gazumped by Barcelona. Like seems yes. to be happening with everyone they try and sign, which yeah. is which is mental in itself. But that's that's for another podcast and probably not a podcast done by us. Um, <laughs> Personally, Shout out to Planet FBL pod. <laughs> yes, yes. For more um, enlightened and um, personally, I'm looking at Melier um, Leeds. Melier, Meslier, Melier. I'm gonna go Melier. It sounds more. You're in France. What would they say in France? Oui, oui monsieur. Um, let's go for Meslier. Melier, Meslier, Meslier. <laughs> that guy. Anyway, um, I mean, Leeds have been awful. They've lost their two best players <laughs> in Rafinha and Calvin Phillips. Um, but glad they that you did, acknowledge that. <laughs> but they, they, they do seem to be looking at slightly more defensively solid um, under Ted Lasso. Uh, but, and also in their first six fixtures, they've got Wolves at home, who are pretty goal-shy, Southampton away, goal-shy, Brighton mm-hmm. away, can't score goals. Everton at home, don't score goals. Brentford away, not very good in front of goal. And then Nottingham Forest at home, who are unknown at this point, but don't look like they're going to be banging in goals either. So so basically it's a pick based on them playing teams that can't score rather than them being particularly good. Um, so yeah, that's why I've gone with Melier to start with. Uh, the only bad fixture they got in that run is Chelsea at home. And as we just said, we don't know what Chelsea, we don't know like. what Chelsea are going to do. Yeah. No. And the the good thing about a four and a half million keeper is that they can on any given day be the star man in their team. So when they play Chelsea at home, it's very possible that Melier make, has to make six or seven saves, gets three bonus points, gets the save points. And that's when you get your hauls with those kind of players, which are like, less likely to get of an Edison. It's very unlikely that Edison's going to get three bonus points at City because there's too many star players in the team. Um, so that's why I personally avoid the premium keepers. Yeah, no, that's um, that's there's there's definitely logic there, as there is not wanting to kind of tie yourself down to um or restrict yourself. You know, if I if I did go for Edison, for example, then if I wanted Foden and Cancelo later on, um, obviously I'm in 
I'm in trouble if I'm looking at Haaland and people like that, which I'm sure we'll probably discuss Erling Haaland at some point, I would have thought. Um, one other one who was in my first draft is Henderson at Forest. Um, I think he's a, he's a very good keeper and I think that they could they could do all right. They've got, you know, mere kind of fixtures. But again, I think he's one of those that if he gets a, a decent run, he could he could do very, very well. But whether that will happen pre-early wildcard or pre-first wildcard, I'm not too sure. But um, it is... For new listeners... For new listeners, it's important to note at this point that Fitz is a Manchester United fan and that viewpoint will come out in some of his opinions. Um, so the former, former almost Manchester all, United, um, almost all but, opinions. But no, I, I think I think Dean Henderson is is someone who did very well for Sheffield United, regardless of his Man United um, kind of link. He was exceptional for them and I think he could be be really good for Forest and actually their fixtures are are pretty good. You know, they've got Newcastle and West Ham, which are two tough games. Everton, Spurs, Man City, tough start. Yeah, but then games. But <laughs> um yeah, but then you game know they, six onwards, they've got a good run. Yeah, exactly. Bournemouth right. Leeds, Fulham, Leicester Villa, Wolves, Brighton. Um but by game week six, a lot of people will have wild carded I'd have thought so yeah, yeah. sort of play you might be bringing in at that point. Um one, one to consider, one on the radar, I would yes, say. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're probably right in terms of the that extra million could be very very useful elsewhere, um, as as I'm sure we'll we'll touch on. Um, yeah. How about? Is there any other keepers you want to chat at before we moved on to? No, the I defenders? think. I think we've we've done our goalkeeper chat. There are play, other players to mention, but um, it's it, they're dull. No, there's not going to be much price. At the end of the season, there's going to be no 20 points. to any Premier League keepers who are listening to the podcast, of course, um, but you're Dell. <laughs> I'll bet Ben Foster's in the championship now, so... Yeah, very true. Unless he signs for Leicester. Yeah, stranger things have happened. Yeah, very, very true. Okay, defenders? Lovely stuff. Well, um, I mean... I. I don't want to kind of be captain obvious, but I think the the template is is obviously Trent at seven and a half and Cancelo at seven. I think Mart- um, Robbo's at, at seven as well. So assuming those types of players, we know we know all about them. I think some of the more kind of interesting picks out there are. I think Kieran Trippier at five is very very good value. I think he could be instrumental for for Newcastle this season. I think Newcastle could have a really, really good season. Um, And then I've also been looking, unsurprisingly, I've been looking at um, Martinez for Man United. Uh, Again, not necessarily someone who's going to be in in my team. I'd I'd like to kind of see how how he does. An adult close at five at nine, to be fair. Um, but but yeah, certainly Trent and Cancelo, I think, are a lock for for most people. And then it's do you go with the the, the Robertson as well kind of angle? Um, but yeah, they they are the the bread and butter. I think I'm assuming that's probably the the case for you as well. Yeah, it, it's very it's very hard to um, not go big at the back this season. The defenders mm-hmm. seem to be very underpriced, and whereas the midfielders have gone up in price and the, the strikers have held their price um so i'm currently you've got trent robertson and cancello the three most expensive defenders in the game they're all in my defense a lot of people had the chillwell and james double up as well but 
obviously Chilwell's not been featuring in preseason. James, there's theories he may be playing at centre back. They've got a, as we said, their their defence is all going to be new. Tuchel doesn't seem happy with the team, so they're a bit of an avoid to start the season now. Um, so I've gone for Trippier, as you said. Trippier's in my team. He's going to be on set pieces. Newcastle, Newcastle look like a good side now. We we know they've got money, but they they built a good squad. Nick Absolutely. Pope's in goal. Sven Botman in that centre of defence as well at four and a half million. He's a good option. Um, so I think yeah, he could have a really good season. And aside of the, they've got two difficult fixtures. He's got they've got City and Liverpool in the first five, but either side of those two games, they've got brilliant fixtures. So um, Trippier's in for me from the start and I'll, I'll just bench him on those days. But even if you have to play him, it just takes one free kick and he gets a haul, basically. Um, yeah, yeah. I like the the wing, the, the fullbacks at Villa. So uh, Cash and Dean at 5 million, both good for attacking returns. And um, I'm a Spurs fan and I've got Perisic in my team at the moment. I think I he's going to start. <laughs> Well, I mean, all four, any, whoever plays a wing back for Spurs is a good option. Uh, it could be Spence at four and a half million, but Conte doesn't seem too keen on him at the moment. I think it's going to be Doherty and Perisic to start the season. Um, Perisic is going to be rotated with Sessegnon as the uh, Champions League comes in, but I think Perisic is okay for a few games at least. So I'm starting think, with um, him. Sorry to interrupt me. Why do you think Conte's not keen on Spence? Because he's just bought him for however many millions. Yes, but he made some comments in the preseason that it was a, a club purchase. He wasn't dealing with that um, deal. So all of the Spurs transfers got met, done really quickly. Spence was dragging on and it was right. rumours that Levy, Levy was in charge of that particular deal. And then when he came in, he said, yeah, he's a good player. He's got a good future ahead of him. It was a club transfer, but... I've given it the green light. So he's he's shown that he's he's green lit it, but it wasn't his decision. Um and then the he's, boost you want before joining a new club. Yeah. <laughs> and he's kept him on the bench in the last game against Roma. He didn't bring him on. Uh he's been playing more at right, right wing back as well. So that's another option. So we've now got Doherty, Mora, and Emerson Royale potentially ahead of Spence. So yeah, he's a wait and see, but if he does come in or if Sessegnon comes in, if Perisic um, gets an injury or something, then they're both great options. Um, and yes, so Cancelo and, and Trent and Robertson speak for themselves. I had Diaz in my team for a long time, but then after watching the Community Shield, Diaz didn't look as as on it and Robertson is just reliable. He's a million cheaper than Diaz and He's just, you know what, what you're going to get with him. Whereas Diaz is more expensive into... than Diaz, you mean? Robertson's more expensive. No, no, Diaz is 8 million. And, um, oh, I'm um, sorry, do you mean Lewis Sorry. Diaz? Yeah, Lewis yes. Diaz at Liverpool. I yeah, thought you sorry. Meant Ruben, my apologies. No, I was looking at the Liverpool triple up. So I've got everyone, well, most people have Trent and <clears throat> Salah. And then it's do you get Lewis Diaz or do you get Robertson? And mm. in my latest drafts, I'm at Robertson, which does lock you into five at the back, really, and a lot of money in your defence. But yeah. That's that's the way I'm going at the moment. Um, any other thoughts from you? Yeah, I think um, I, I'm I'm in an hour about doing the same um, in terms of in terms of Robertson. Um, I've got there's a lot of four well a couple of four million options. Nico Williams, I think now he's at Forest is probably a lock in most people's 
drafts, even just as kind of a way of enabling other other options further forward. Um, I think we touched on it earlier, but traditionally Chelsea are, are a team that you would have seen a lot of players or a lot of drafts with Chilwell or James early on. I am not convinced by Chelsea at all. They're a, they're very much a wait and see for me. Um, even though they've got a, a really nice kind of alternating fixtures uh, um, to start the season, it's it feels a bit risky for me. Not least of which because, as you say, you don't know how how those players are are going to play really. But um, but yeah. Otherwise, I think I, I think the big at the back is probably the way that that a lot of people are are going to go. And um, it's not necessarily where I am at the moment, which which I'm sure we'll come on to. Um, but then, as you, again, as you say, if you're going for four at the back or three at the back, then Nico Williams is surely in everyone's team who's doing that because he's four million. He's yeah. almost certain to start in an attacking mm-hmm. wing back position for Nottingham Forest. In that position, Jed Spence played in last year and and looked so good. And you've also got um, Patterson at Everton. Looks like he's going to be starting the season as well. So that's two four million defenders yeah. that are starting the season. Um, so that that. They, and they rotate well as well because when Nottingham go uh, play Tottenham and City, play Tottenham and City in game weeks four and five, Everton, uh, Brentford, and Leeds away. So mm. there's potential to go free at the back and have Patterson and um, Nico Williams rotating, which is a good strategy, I think, if you if you want to put more money into your midfield and up front. And one I will probably look at before the season starts. But yeah, there's just such good value in defence. It's hard to ignore the premium defenders and it's quite obvious who they are as well. Absolutely. Um, I also think honourable mention for Zinchenko. I think um, Arsenal have looked very, very good in pre-season and I have had a few drafts where Zinchenko has, has featured, to be honest. So he's not in my team at the moment, but it's certainly someone who, you know, if you've got a five million slot there, um, it would be a decent um, choice between him and him and Trippier. Trippier is obviously the option that, that I've gone for, as mentioned. But um, but yeah, that is someone else who I think could be could be worth considering for sure. Yeah, um, he'll probably be starting the season at left back because Tierney's got an injury, but he he could go into midfield. Um, Tierney's always injured, right? I've um, yes. he must he must be the most unlucky or one of the most unlucky kind of footballers, similar to Wilshire. Yeah, there's a lot of photos of him like topless in training when it snows, and we're meant to go, oh, he's very, very, very tough guy, Kieran Tierney. Yeah. But he's he's always twisting his ankle, so he, he, he I'm not sure he's as tough as he, he's made to look in all these training photos. But yeah, he's injured again. Yeah, basically, there's. You could pick eleven defenders this season, and you you'd still want a twelve because there's there's so many good options. Um, so we're all picking the same ones. You just got to be, you just got to get lucky. Basically, we we've yeah. done the research. We know who the four million starters are. We know who the premium players are. We know Chelsea aren't looking great, but Chelsea have got amazing fixtures. So um, yeah, take take pay your money, take your choice. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Lovely stuff. Lots of options and, of course, do let us know where your team is at. Um, we will invite you to join the FPL Face-Off League as well. Um, but, yeah, don't forget, we are more than happy. We'd love to see your teams on Twitter at FPL Face-Off. Right, let's jump into the midfield then, because the midfield, I think, is going to be 
where the where the battles are won and certainly it's it's thrown up a a big debate and i will start said debate um by mentioning two players and it feels like you can only really have one of them in your team this year which is uh, Salah and Son of course the two kind of joint top scorers in the Premier League last year what are your thoughts in terms of um Mo and Hyung-min well for a long time my strategy for this season was going to be to attack the first two game weeks because Aston Villa and Newcastle both have great opening two fixtures and as we've already established, uh, Trippier, Botman, Cash and Dean are great defensive options. So my plan was to go with double Aston Villa and double Newcastle defence, which would have allowed me to get Son, Salah and Kane uh, in the team alongside uh, Pedro Neto, Luis Diaz and, and, and Bailey, Leon Bailey. And that was the plan for a long period of time. But I've got, got cold feet on that now because... I don't think we're going to get enough information in that first two game weeks to be able to wildcard in game week three. So I've sacrificed Son and I, I've kept Salah. And I'm going to be pairing him in midfield with uh, with Neto and Bailey to start game week one. And I'm going to have Martinelli on the bench because I'm really not big on Arsenal going away to Crystal Palace on Friday night under the lights, opening game of the season. I, I just don't bat them to do well in that game, despite Jesus's ownership, despite like the big pile on on triple Arsenal. I just, I'm showing my Spurs bias and I'm really aware of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm going to be at Fest and there's going to be 70% ownership of Gabriel Jesus. And if he does get a couple of goals, I'm not going to have a very nice night. <laughs> but if he does blank, then I'm going to feel quite smug and I'm going to have a great night. Um, yes. <clears throat> I so think yeah, Palace, no, no Palace away is not yeah, Palace, Palace away is not an easy fixture by any stretch. And yeah, I think ultimately, you know, Vieira's probably um probably got half an eye on the Arsenal job at one point in the future, I would have thought. So it's not going to do him any harm to <clears throat> to beat them. Obviously he no. he would have mixed feelings about it, I'm sure. But um but yeah, it's it Feels, I've, I've done a couple of drafts where I do have Salah and Son and um, indeed my current draft has Salah and Son but obviously you know you 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 lose balance elsewhere with with that so and with his ownership being so high Jesus oh my word 70% that is as high as I can remember any player for a long time and it would be if you're on the right side of it, it would be absolutely beautiful if he failed um, opening day. I think it's the highest uh, game week one ownership of any player ever in the game, as, yeah. as far as I'm aware. Um, um, it's actually yeah, it's, it's at 71% now, which is yeah. it's insane. Because <laughs> yeah. we know who the player is. Like We, we know at, at City he was inconsistent, and he's yeah. now at, uh, a, well... A worse more team. inconsistent team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he's not even guaranteed to be starting up top. He could he could be on the wing with uh, Inketia up top. I mean, he's obviously he's he's had the best attacking output in preseason, but preseason yeah. form doesn't always uh, result in in good <clears throat> league form. I think the um, the difficulty. Well, we're we're jumping the gun a little bit, but the difficulty is that Arsenal's start of the season is is phenomenal in terms of 
the fixtures that they've got. They do have what looks to be a very appealing start. But but anyway, let's um we'll come on to to strikers shortly, I'm sure. So um <clears throat> you mentioned uh, Neto, Martinelli, Bailey, uh, all of whom I think are pretty popular at the moment in terms of kind of certainly the Twitter template that 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 it seems to exist. Neto is a really interesting one for me because I think that again I've, I feel like it could be a trap. Um, he he is in my um, my current draft because they've got Leeds and they've got Fulham and then you know they've got they've got reasonable fixtures and he's five and a half million I think. And um, but Wolves aren't exactly you know they're not a, a team that's known for kind of pulling up trees in terms of scoring loads of goals. So yeah, he's he's probably one of the ones I'm least confident about keeping in my team as it stands. What are your, why is he in your team? Is it just because? Well, as soon as, as soon as the fixtures came out, as soon as the fixtures came out, I looked at, at Wolves fixtures, Leeds, Fulham, Newcastle, Bournemouth, Southampton. And I was like, right, I'm going to have a wall, a Wolves attacker in my team with those, with those players, um, with those teams they're facing. Sorry. And Jimenez last season, just didn't look, look this, like the same player. But Pedro Neto, when he's played, I think he's a great player. I think he's, as long as he can stay injury-free, is going to go on to a bigger club at some point. And I thought, if he's six and a half million or less, I'm going to put him in my team. So when he came in at five and a half million, he was in straight away. He's been there ever since. And he's been doing well in preseason as well. He's been scoring, he's getting assists. Uh, the Wolves fans in the know seem to think that without Jimenez, his output will drop slightly because he's not going to be playing off of him. Um, but I still think at five and a half million, he, he's very hard to ignore with those, those fixtures. You can keep him for the first six game weeks and not worry about it. Basically, you can play him in almost every game. The only difficult fixture is Tottenham away game week, game week three. But um, they they scored. I think they scored two against this last season away. So at our place. So uh, yeah, it's not in, in unbelievable for him to score in that game. Um, yes, yeah. yeah, so he's he's been in since game game week. He's been in since my first draft, and he stayed there ever since. As as has Bailey, I believe for for you. Um, and again, I think Villa Villa are one of those teams that have got a really nice start to the season. Bailey's at a good price point. I think he is going to be very popular for for good reason. Interesting that. You know, when Coutinho joined, I don't think I've seen a single draft um, with with Coutinho in at all. I wonder what his ownership is. One other player who um, I have considered um, before we take a very uh, quick break uh, is our friend Andreas Pereira, who's at four and a half million. I think he's um, a, a pretty well-owned, nearly 25%. A neighbour as well, but again, you know, Fulham's Fulham's fixtures aren't great. Um, certainly at the start of the season, so it's it's all about kind of getting getting that bench position, I suppose. But um, yeah, so with the four and a half million mids, it is Pereira at number ten for Fulham, an attacking midfielder, priced up as a Man United. Well, not even a rotation option, a bench option, but now he's going to be playing every game for Fulham, uh, so he looks good. Uh, it was Joshua Silva as the alternative, but it's like Brentford are going to sign Damsgaard uh, before the window shuts. So he'll probably play that attacking role that Ericsson was playing. So it doesn't look like it's going to be an option going forward. Um, 
I do like, I, you said I had Liam Bailey from the start. I didn't. I, I picked him out as a good potential attacking option at 5 million, but he then started scoring goals in every preseason game and looked like their biggest attacking threat, basically. So since then, mm-hmm. he's been in the team. Coutinho's actually the uh, seventh highest owned player in, in midfield at the moment. So Is there he? are people picking Coutinho. Wow. But he's he was very inconsistent last year and he's not looked great in preseason either. So... Yeah, I'm not. Um, it's not someone I'm going to be going for. When you can go to eight million and get like the likes of Diaz and Mount Saka, Madison, all those great eight million options. Mm. Um, as um, as I, as I'm want to do uh, in terms of scattergun approach, the the very quickly the thought about Coutinho. You know, when Neymar signed from Barca for PSG, and they kind of. I saw this video where they basically like ruined football because then Barcelona went out and spent 113 million on Coutinho and 150 million on Dembele. You know, that must have an effect on a player. So if you're Philip Coutinho, you know, you must, that must kind of weigh on your mind. And he hasn't really hit the heights of the Liverpool days at all, has he, since since he, he left them? It's all been downhill. No, no, he he didn't, and it, he did look great at times for Villa last season. But I just don't mm. think you can really trust him. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, against Man United, is <laughs> on his yeah. debut. I think he looked. Yeah, that's well right. Beater. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I do like the look of uh, Kevin Jewsby Hall at Leicester at five million. Yeah. He seems to be integral to their team now. It looks like he's going to play every game. He's been picking up assists in preseason. I think he scored goals as well. Um, he plays slightly more attacking than he has done in, in than he did last season. Uh, he's still in that sort of midfield three, but he's, yeah, if they're playing a 4 free feed and he, he is a good option. Um, I've got him in some of my other fantasy games where he's priced even kinder than he is in this. But um, yeah, he's someone else I've considered because I do like Leicester's fixtures in the first three. But I've gone for another Leicester option, which we'll, we'll cover in a minute. Um, sure we will. The rest of midfield... Yeah, I've had to go. I've had to go for the lower budget players because I've gone so big at the back, and I've gone big up top as well. Um, so I've had to go for for Neto, Martinelli, and um, Bailey. But as I said, I'm playing Neto and Bailey above and Martinelli in that first game week, and Martinelli I think is just as good an attacking option as Jesus and Saka. From looking at their preseason form, looking at how he ended the season, he's potentially on penalties still as well. So um, I'm happy to have him to cover. Jesus for those first couple of game weeks at least even though I'm not playing <laughs> yeah 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 no that's fair <laughs> enough I think um, I think the Jesus shout is going to be one of those kind of real sliding doors moments I think if if you are on the right side of it um, and you know history shows that you have a knack of, of being on the right side of these these calls um, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see if if he doesn't do very well against Palace and fails to score in the next kind of couple, then who knows? Who knows what might happen? I mean, but, don't um, get don't get me wrong. I'm I'm planning to bring him in in game week three, but I just yeah. don't think Palace away under the lights and and Leicester are great you, fixtures. You love like those lights. I do love those lights. I, I, I <laughs> playing away to a team. In, in a stadium like the Palace is at Selhurst Park, it's one of those old stadiums where the crowd get on you. I just, yeah, yeah I, I, as a Spurs fan, if we were playing away to Palace on a Friday night, start of the season, I, I wouldn't be confident going into that. I don't think any any team would. Um, no. 
and you've not got to you've not got to um it doesn't matter if Jesus scores if Jesus scores a goal as long as the player you've picked in his place scores a goal that effective ownership doesn't doesn't make any difference yeah. i just think that there's other players who could get two or three goals in the first couple of games whereas i don't think he will um but yeah so just on the 8 million um players there's a lot of there's a lot of really good options, you know, from Foden, Kulisevsky, Diaz, Madison, Mares, Mount, um, Saka. I think is eight as well. Do you have any thoughts on any of them in terms of obviously they're not currently in your draft? But if you were looking at one of those options I've just mentioned, is there one that you would really want in your team? Well, I, as I said, I had Diaz in for a long time, but I just mm. I've gone with Robertson for a slightly more sort of secure return. I think um, Madison I like, but Madison is being linked with Newcastle at the moment. I, I don't know if that's going to go through, but it feels like he might end up being like benched while it gets discussed. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Mount I like, but as we said, Chelsea look unsettled going into the season. Saka I like, but I. I've, I've gone with Martinelli. I think he can he can match him for a little while at least. Mares is obviously always a great option and Foden, but you don't know how they're going to enter that end of the season. I think Mares will start the season. Foden didn't go on their preseason trip to New York because he wasn't vaccinated, so he's been sort of training at home. So I'm not sure he'll start the season, but um, Mares is always a good option. But you don't know how Pep's going to want to play it now that Haaland's there. Is he going to do the sort of tracking back that? that um, yeah. Jesus used to do is he, is he going to give him the option that he wants with Haaland he may do he may think that he links up brilliant with Haaland maybe he's going to play every game this season but at the moment we just don't know so none of the 8 millions are really appealing to me in game week one Kulaveski obviously I, I love at Spurs I don't think his minutes are threatened by Richarlison but I just if, I, if I'm going for Spurs I'm going to want the wing backs I'm going to want Kane or Son so I, I don't, I think he's like a poor man's Kane or Son at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, he's him, he's, he's getting, a bit more new, prove it. getting new coverage, but not necessarily the coverage that yeah. you need. Yeah, I don't I like agree. getting that player in. I don't like getting that player in that's like, it's not the one I wanted, but he'll do. I like to get the main player, like the Neto or Bailey, the, the one player I'd want from that team, mm. even though they're cheaper. The, the one player I'd want from that team, you know, your Neto's, your Bailey's. Um, <laughs> but, but what I mean is his net is five and a half million but he's the player yeah. I want from Wolves and Bailey's yeah, five million but at the moment he's the attacking asset I want for Aston Villa I don't feel like yeah. I'm sacrificing a better option to get that player in yeah it's difficult to if you look at Spurs assets it's very difficult to um, to look at going anywhere beyond that um, I, I wouldn't want anyone other than Son or Kane in my in my team really uh, well, it's not true. I wouldn't, it's not that I wouldn't want, but they are the ones that I would that I would want yes. 100%. Um, Okie dokie. So I guess as, as we're kind of talking Spurs and we're talking big hitters, it seems like a, a, good, uh, a good moment to switch our conversation over to the forwards. Now, of course, obviously you can only choose three. Um, Jesus is in 70% of teams, but, but not in yours. So... What are your thoughts in terms of those three all-important striker spots? Yes, well, is it three all-important striker spots or is it one, two maximum, and then one striker spot <laughs> that nobody cares about? 
<laughs> well, let's find out. The, let's the, find the, out. The archer slash uh, plunge slash greenwood spot. Um, yes. I'm starting the season with Kane because Tottenham at home to Southampton is a great fixture. It's a captionable fixture. I needed to have an attacking ass. I wanted to have Kane and Son, but it's just not financially viable. And I don't want to then go into Chelsea away with most of my money in the Tottenham attack. So, yeah, I'm going in with Kane and I will swiftly transfer him out for Haaland for game week two, as long as Haaland looks like he's going to play. I, I'm not sure. I don't know if Haaland's going to start the first game of the season. There's lots of talk from Pep that he's going to take time. He needs to ease him in. And like sort of suggestions that he's going to be rotated or have his minutes managed at least. Um, so I'm, I'm going to risk not having Haaland away to West Ham, which is never an easy fixture either, to be honest. And yes, but I'm going to be partnering Kane, not with Jesus, but with Jamie Vardy at Leicester, or at least that's the plan at the moment, because Leicester have Brentford at home in that opening fixture, which is very much a game where Jamie Vardy could get two or three goals. Mm -hmm. Uh, They then travel to Arsenal, uh, which is a fixture that Jamie Vardy loves. Jamie Vardy always scores against Arsenal. Um, Better podcasts right now would tell you his exact scoring record against Arsenal. Um, All I can tell you is it's good. It is good. It is good. And then in, in game week three, they're home to Southampton. And I will, I'm will. i happy to, to captain Jamie Vardy at home to Southampton. Whereas uh, Arsenal will be away to Bournemouth. And I think a lot of people will be captaining Jesus away to Bournemouth at that point, providing they've been happy with him in the first two games. So that's when I'm going to take on Jesus with Jamie Vardy, essentially. Um, and Vardy starts the season well. And I, I think it's... It's a risky call, as you say, with 70% ownership on Jesus, but it's one that I think is is worth the worth the risk. I think he could comfortably outscore Jesus in those first three fixtures. Fortune favours the brave, as we've <clears throat> as we've discussed on this podcast before. And um yeah, well, you know, that is that is bold, but you you're right, you know, Vardy Vardy usually starts the season. I guess the one thing that puts me off Vardy is the same thing that put me off him last year um, until he went on a good run and then I got him in just as he finished that that really nice run, <laughs> um, which is always the way. But, you know, he is another year older. Pace is something that's that's obviously really important for his game. So it will be interesting to see whether, you know, Leicester, whether he can kind of start the season strongly or not, I guess. But yeah, he's he's certainly out there in terms of a, a pick. Um, he, he he ended the season he ended the season well, and he yeah. generally starts seasons well. Um, what puts me off is the fact that, as I said, Madison's unsettled now. Is he going to start the season? Is he going to be providing balls for for Vardy and Harvey Barnes? Seemed to pick up a sort of minor injury in the last friendly, which. We're going to have to wait and see from the press conferences. So is he still a good option without Madison and Barnes in the team? I don't know. I, I think I still think if they're going to score a goal, it's going to be him that's going to score it as long as he's playing. So I, I think Leicester, uh, Jamie Vardy at home to Brentford and away to Arsenal is a better option than, than Jesus away to Palace and home to Leicester. Um, so that's that's the call I'm I'm taking. I think you've just got to throughout the season look at these opportunities to try and take on the the popular choice 
And I think that's an acceptable one to take it on. And yeah, if it goes wrong, it's not going to be a very good start to the season, but there'll be other chances to take on players. I think you've also made a really interesting point in that, um, well, indirectly, I'm going to make the interesting point. You've kind of teed up the interesting point. But um, the, the the start of the season is perhaps not as important as it has been in previous years because of the fact that we've got this additional, effectively, a, a separate wild card after the World Cup. So really, you know, you've kind of, you've the season's broken up into almost four different sections in that you can potentially have quite an early wild card and, and it, it not really affect your season too much. So if you did go down that route, it's slightly less risky knowing that you could worst case scenario kind of wild card out of it in through game week three or four if you needed to. Yeah, that's the thing is is a safety blanket there to wild card at any time, which is why I was looking at the <clears throat> the two week punt approach to wild card because I, I honestly think that early you take the wild card this this year in, in, mm. within reason the, the more benefit you'll get from it because there's no huge fixture swings fixture swings that look <laughs> um <laughs> that look like you need to target them everyone yeah. has sort yeah. of a mixed run of fixtures there's not like a point where city have an amazing run they just have a, a good run throughout so yeah I, I feel you just need to get the knowledge as quickly as you can and then just pull the trigger and then just take advantage of having the good players in from from the start very um very wise words as as ever um so we just gibberish just well absolutely but um it's it's my favorite type of gibberish um (laughs) so the i don't know i don't know if it was the same for you but certainly when i first made a draft Harland was was a name that was was absolutely I think he was the first one I kind of wanted to pick and his ownership was 65% I think at one point but um you know it's it's changed a little bit now and I think I'm right in saying that Harland is yeah 49.3 so half the people have gone for for him and half half haven't but I personally think I'm inclined to to wait a little bit just to just to see what happens. I think Kane is a better bet against Southampton, but you've you've already booked in that early transfer by the sounds of it. So yeah, more- I don't want to go without Harland at home to Bournemouth. Bournemouth, mm. uh, Scott Parker's already literally said this week that they're yeah. not good enough. They haven't. They're worse than they were. They're worse now than they were when they came up. He's not got enough players in. They yeah. look like they're going to be a shambles. They're definitely the team to target. And Harland at home to Bournemouth. I'm not going to go into that game without Haaland in my team because it's too scary. He's going to absolutely destroy him. I think I love Haaland. Like I used to watch Dortmund a bit um, back in, back when he was over there. And I love Sancho at the time as well, because him and Sancho were great in that team. Yeah. And I think he's, he's the next big generational talent. He's the player. He's going to be the next Messi or Ronaldo. Yeah, he's yeah, going to absolutely yeah. take the him, him and Mbappe, I, yeah, I think him and Mbappe are the new Ronaldo yeah, versus Messi. Exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if he got thirty league goals this year in that team. Yeah. And he, the reason he's dropped in ownership is because he missed some easy chances against um, Liverpool in the Community Shield. But he was in the position to get those yeah. chances. His xG yeah. was one five nine. Him alone mm-hmm. was one point five nine. His xG. He's going to get some three or four goal hauls this season. And Bournemouth at home, it looks like it could be one of them. 
It very much could, yeah. So it, it's interesting with Haaland because, it, I mean, it's like any player, you know, obviously if you, if you have him, then you you clearly want, want them to, to do well. But I think Haaland, it's, it could be, I, I'm I'm exactly the same. I'm pretty sure that I will have to have him in, in my game week two team against Bournemouth. But I also wonder whether he might struggle to fit into the Pep system and whether or not he will he will bang. I, I do think he will get 30 goals this season, but obviously as a United fan, I'd, I'd kind of love it a little bit if he didn't, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. A few people have had that viewpoint, but, mm. and like, yeah, he did, he didn't score goals in the community shield, but I just can't see how he doesn't just become one of the best strikers we've ever had in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm going to have him in my team. I just want to have Kane in for that first game at home to Southampton. Um, yeah. the, the alternative, of course, is you get in KDB, who, again, looking at the Community Shield in the preseason, seems to be playing a more advanced attacking role, sort of a free role, number 10 role, mm. putting those chances on the plate for, for Haaland. So, so those two together are going to be frightening. And it, you could you could go for KDB and hope that the extra clean sheet point and um, the potential bonus points outweigh what Haaland gets. But he doesn't, with Kane and Son, Son could quite easily outscore Kane on any given game week. I don't know if KDB is going to outscore, in terms of goals, outscore Haaland on many game weeks. Mm. So for me, it's going to be Haaland at half a million cheaper as well. So let's, very quickly, before we um, bring this section to, to a close, just conscious of, of, of time, um, for, for you, our dear listeners, um, I if you, if you had a dilemma, which I potentially do, um, I really like the look of Son, but I don't know whether it's, it is possible. I'm looking at a draft now that I've made that has Son and Kane in, and therefore I could take one of them out. Would you? Who would you prioritise if it was out of Son and, and Kane and you had the option to get one of the team? Bearing in mind, obviously, the, the implications. Get one in the team yeah. to keep in the team. Um, yeah. Well, I've had that dilemma because I had Son and Kane in. That was my plan. Mm. And then I just, to, to not, well, if I'm not going to wildcard early, I I took Son out because Kane's half a million cheaper and I can swap Kane for Haaland. If you go with Son over Kane, it means you're going to be swapping Son for KDB, which is much of a muchness. For me, as for the reasons I just said, I want Kane and I want Haaland. But yeah, it could quite easily be Son and Har- Son and KDB that are the ones that that score higher. Yeah, but they're yeah, both half a million more. Absolutely, and Son being at that price point of twelve, he deserves to be at that price point. But it's it's really t- tricky. It's yeah. yeah. Um, as I say, I'm trying desperately to work out a way of getting them all in, um, which obviously is is not possible. But um, cool. Well, you can get free Lovely. premiums, but you have to sacrifice yeah, yeah. your defenders. And that is yeah, an option yeah. because there are great defend, defensive options mm. that we've been through already. Yeah, yeah. It's just whether or not you think you can match the likes of Cancelo. Yeah, absolutely. That is an option I'm looking at as we speak. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Cool. All right, lovely stuff. Well, um, as we have got to the end of our um, kind of striker section... Uh, just before we move on to our kind of strategy and early early thoughts, uh, I think I'm right in saying it's it's time for the return of, of possibly the best feature in podcast history. 
Yes, that's right. It's it's Return of the Grealish Diaries. Um, producer Glenn doesn't agree with you, as you've already established. He he doesn't like the Grealish Diaries, and he he refuses to edit it. He'll just at this point stop listening, and then he'll start <laughs> editing again at the end of the, the diary. But um, but here we go. So this is this is from Jack. <clears throat> Dear Diary, what a lovely time I've been having this summer. The highlight for me has been flying out to Ibiza to meet my all-time footballing hero. Wayne Lineker. <laughs> Wayne is one of England's all-time leading goal scorers, present to a match of the day, but still finds time to get absolutely rat assed with children in Spain. He's a sort of Willy Wonka, but for girls who never knew their father. <laughs> is that fine? I think that's okay. <laughs> is that fine? <laughs> Probably but, fine. Well, I, I don't want Jack to get cancelled. Um, no. When I first met him, I was starstruck. I can't believe I'm sat in a hot tub with the man who won the golden boot in Mexico 86, I said. I think you've got me mixed up, he said. I winked as I realised he was currently pretending to a 19-year-old beauty therapist from Wigan that he was actually 20 Tau. 20 Tau. Your your secret's safe with me, I said later on. I'll make sure not to tell anyone you shat on that pitch on live TV either. (laughs) <laughs> honestly that wasn't me he said i know i said and i gave him another wink <laughs> while i was out there i had a photo shoot from a new boohoo collection these are the sorts of opportunities i wouldn't have got if i stayed at villa it's amazing what a new sponsorship deal can do for your confidence i was once the face of a fast food van off junction six of the a38 it's grealicious and that season i won the most free kicks of any player in the championship Coincidence? <laughs> I remember when John McKinn became the face of the Edinburgh Woollen Mill. That day at training, he was playing like a prime league catamole. He covered more ground than anyone, breaking up play and creating chances out of nowhere. And he did it all while wearing a double-knit polo neck jumper. Humbling. <laughs> of course, the, <laughs> the boohoo news came as a hammer blow to James Madison, Madders has had a chip on his shoulder ever since I refused to tell him what hair gel I used to keep my curtains in place. He spent thousands trying to find it, but the trophies I make my own out of grease, pritch stick and crushed up palm of oilets for smell. You can shove your boohoo up your arse, he said. I'm the new face of hairbands for Claire's accessories and I get free hairbands for life. I'm honestly happy for the lad. I just hope he leaves Paul at It's Grealicious alone now. If he's, if he's told him once, he's told him a thousand times. He's not changing the fast food van to the full Madison. It doesn't even make <laughs> sense. That reminds me. I'm off down the 24-hour Tesco to get myself some more palm of oilets. Laters. Oh, it's so good to hear from our mate Jack. Um, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, loyal, loyal, loyal listeners will recognise some of that diary from, from the start of last season. And, and that's Absolutely. because... There was only three of you listening then, so I thought I'm going to put in some of that, some of that diary into this one because I didn't have time it's to fine. write a proper one. All right, it's and fine. it is absolutely fine. You've done a wonderful job. Um, Thank you. Oh, brilliant! Well, it's for, for you, legal Jack. reasons. Um, yeah, for legal reasons, we should point out that um, Jack Grealish is entirely. Um, Responsible for everything that he said, um, a confusing way in Gary Lineker, for example. Um, it's easily done, easily done. But um, it is easily done. Yes, um, <laughs> I've met Wayne Lineker actually, and yeah, they're, 
they're pretty different to be fair <laughs> <laughs> why have they you met Wayne what was you doing um, it's it's bizarre so um one of my early i suppose my first like professional job um when i was up in bath uh we i worked with a couple of guys who for some reason knew him and yeah we met for a beer when he was over in england one time and yeah he was as cool as as Grealish um <laughs> made him out to be to be honest okay cool yeah, good chat. Yeah, well, on that bombshell, we try and get him on the podcast because he was he was the golden boot win, winner in 1986. Apparently, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, so cool. um, all that's left let's, to do, yeah, yeah, after you is um, let's let's quickly go through our drafts then, who we've got, um, and then we, we'll say farewell for this first and and only preseason podcast. Not because not we'll, thanks to we'll me. Soon be back. To fit. Yeah. No, no, it is next week. Next week, my Jamie Vardy punt may not pay off, and Fitz will be flying high after his Jesus hat trick, and maybe the dynamic will have switched, and I could be the same one for once. Who knows? Um, Well, I'm happy to jump into my my current draft first of all. Um, To be honest with you, this is is 100% going to change, but the 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 lay of the land at the moment is um, Edison in goal with Forster as my 4.0 keeper, but that will probably change the ward if, if the news from Leicester is confirmed. Currently looking at Trent, Cancelo, Trippier and uh, as it stands, Martinez for Man United as a 4.5, but again, he probably won't actually be being there. Um, then you've got Salah. Yeah, I have to apologise for your whole team. No, no, no. It's it's um, <laughs> like I say. It's it's you know. I've been I've, well. A, I've not had that much chance to kind of play with it as much as I would like. But um, but B, it's you know, it's where it is. Um, midfield: Salah, Son, Martinelli, and Neto. And up front: Jesus and Martial, uh, with Johnson, Williams, and Andreas on the bench. Now, <clears throat> I think. I was umming and ahhing about whether it was okay to have Son in, in midfield. And to be honest, I think logically, you know, I, I don't want to not have Haaland for for game week two. So realistically, I'm going to have to get in Kane and therefore take take Son out. And I'm, I'm just going to have to. There's no way I can I can risk going in with that. Do you think Salah's essential? Gonna throw that out there. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, but yeah, yeah, he's been in my team again since the game launched. He's never been out of it. There are people yeah. who don't think he is, but that Liverpool opening run is the best in the league, and he's Mo Salah. He looked great in a Community Shield. He's, he did. Yeah, he's got to be. He's got to be in for me. Um, yeah. We didn't even discuss him. I don't. I don't know how we managed to do this, but we didn't discuss it. Man United attacking assets because. I did have a Man United draft, which had Martial up front and, and Rashford in midfield, which does enable yeah. a, uh, a a pre a free a freemium draft if you have um, Rashford and Martial. Mm. Um, and Martial's I think is, yeah. without without Ronaldo, uh, Martial and Rashford are both great options. So mm. underpriced. If they start the season well, they will rock it in value, especially because Man United players 
prices are volatile because there's so many Man United fans in the world. If play, people like yeah. yourself, if you see Rashford get a hat trick, you won't be able to resist getting him in. Especially when the, the second game of the season is Brentford away, you're thinking, I've, I've, I want to have Rashford in for that. Um, Con- considering how, tr- how much I normally shoehorn Man United into every conversation we have, it is yeah, it's- staggering that we forgot to, um, <laughs> to mention it. On my two-week punt team, I had um, Martial and Rashford in the team because mm. they've got Brighton away and Brentford at home, and they're going to want to—they're yeah. going to want to give a good impression of themselves with Ten Hag having his first competitive game in charge. And there's the looming shadow of Ronaldo. If they play well, they can keep Ronaldo out of the team. But Ronaldo yeah. played in the friendly at the weekend. There's sort of rumor is now that he's going to stay at United, which I think is bad for you. Yeah, I agree. Unfortunately, um, but he will he will eventually play because mm. he can't be kept on the bench. No manager seems to be brave enough to just say, "Look, you're not good for this team anymore," and keep him on the bench. So, if Martial starts that game and at 60 minutes he hasn't looked good, Ronaldo will come on, and then Ronaldo will probably start at Brentford, and then Martial's lost his position again. Yeah. So one 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 bad half for Martial and he could be out of the team, which is why I, I I'm not going to have United attackers, unfortunately. I yeah no I can I can understand that. Um, as I said, I think Martial is one that he could could really benefit from from not being um, shackled, if you like, by by Ronaldo. But again, I think it's going to be really difficult because. As you say, Ronaldo will will almost certainly play um, when when he can. Although I think that there's talk that he's quite a long way behind where Ten Hag needs him to be from a kind of fitness point of view. But but yeah, so we'll see. So that's anyway. That's that's kind of my my rough thinking. How about you? What, how's your current draft looking? Yep. So um, Melier in goal, and then a back five of Trent Robertson. Cancelo, Trippier and Perisic. That will depend on what I hear on Perisic before the start of the season. If he's a doubt, then that will probably go down to Doherty or potentially Cash. Uh, Midfield, free to start of Salah, Neto and Bailey. And then Kane and Vardy up top with Martinelli, Andreas on the bench with Greenwood. Let's say Greenwood. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who cares? But um, yeah, Martinelli, <laughs> Andreas on the bench. So do, do you, well, obviously you don't because it's your draft, but are you not a little bit worried about that midfield in terms of like you, you, you've got obviously Salah, but then Neto and Bailey are two kind of, I don't know, they feel a little bit risky to me. Well, it is risky because if they don't, if they don't perform, then there's not a lot of places to go with it. But um mm. As I said, Andreas is a good midfield option, even though he's four and a half million. He's an attacking, uh, he's attacking player. I can, I can bring in Kevin Jewsby Hall as another option that I've looked at. I, I like Leicester's first three, but yeah, it is a problem. But of course, as we've established, the wild card is there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't give up on that midfield after the first fixture, and yeah. then Aston Villa at home to Everton, Wolves are at home to Fulham. I'm, I'm not going to take either of those players out for that game. And then game week three, we'll see where we're at. I, I might have to pull the wildcard trigger at that point. But ultimately, I've got the 
I've got the captains in that I want. I'm going to have Salah for game week one uh, away to Fulham. I'm going to have Haaland at home to Bournemouth game week two. I'm going to have Vardy at home to Southampton game week three. And then I have, I'll bring Jesus in at that point for game week four when Arsenal are um, at home to Fulham. And I've also had Martinelli for an, for an Arsenal double up. So that's the plan. I don't really, it doesn't really matter so much if you're, if your midfielders are five and five and a half, they're not the players you need to be getting your goals every week. As long as they're playing yeah, yeah. and they're, they're a threat, which they're going to be, then you, you can't really go wrong with them as, as far as I'm concerned. The problem becomes if Mason Mount or uh, James Madison suddenly become an option that you need to get in the team. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's getting, you have to take a minus four to get them in. But um, yeah, I, at the moment, n- none of those players in that 8 million bracket are in, interest me. So I might as well drop to five and a half. Lovely. Very, uh, very good. So um, just before we, uh, we wrap things up. So you, you did have a phenomenal season last season and um, congratulations from, from me and from all our listeners. Um, do you have, um, that probably sounded way more, um, way less sincere than, than it yeah, was meant, meant to be. can't be too nice to me or when I mean to you, it sounds, it sounds too mean. Okay. Well, um, let's, yeah, I, I accept that. I accept that. But, um, but yeah, so <laughs> have, you, have you, have you picked up any lessons? Is there, is there anything that you've kind of, that you can share with our listeners that you kind of either learned along the way last year or, do you have any any words of wisdom to to share before the start of the season? Well, I, I just had a very good start to the season last year. Um, if you have a good start, it's a lot easier to stay up there because you've already got the good players in your team. Um, anyone listening to this has already done their research. We know the advantage we have over the casual players is we know the best four million defender to have. We know the best four and a half million midfielders. We know the potential starters at four and a half million up front. So we that's the advantage we have. But ultimately, we're all picking from a pool of 30 players. So it's, it's just luck at the start of the season. I guess I guess the tip is that you you know when to, to pull the wild card. You know when to cut your losses. You know when to to attack and, and, and change your... And, and admit you were wrong, basically, by choosing Pedro Neto and Leon Bailey and... and wild card and getting Mason Mountain, whatever it might be, is having courage in your convictions, I suppose, and, and choosing the right time to attack. But I'm not an expert. I, I had one, I played it once, one season and I did well. But um, there's a lot of people who played a lot of seasons and do it well every year. And it may be that I finish at six million this year. So let's see. Well, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you won't, but... I'm sure um... I won't as well, but you've got to be humble on these things, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> lovely stuff good well what a um what a nice way to to end things with a, a bit of humility from um from from mr tom glover and um, it has been an absolute pleasure hopefully this will be in your ears uh, very soon thank you as always to producer glenn and thank you to listening thank you to you the listener for listening uh to our listeners listeners, oh. listeners, listeners. um so very quickly it is not too late to join our uh, fpl face-off league the code for you to do that is 7QN6BY. That's 7 Quebec, November 6, Bravo, Yankee. Um, we would love for you to join. The winner of uh, the league will receive 
a um, replica football shirt of a Premier League team of their choice. Did we restrict uh, disclaimer the is, No, whoever you want. The disclaimer is you have yeah. to be listening to our last podcast of the season uh, when yes. we announce your name. And if you're not listening, then you don't deserve your free shirt, do you? Yeah, correct. That is correct. Um, but yeah, do do tell your mates. We'd love for, um, we'd love for as many people to join as possible. Um, yes, and we do have a Sky. No, we have a Sky League as well because we do play Sky. Uh, we're not very good at it. Um, our pin number for the Sky League is nine seven three six nine five six. So please join the Sky League again. A, a free shirt for the winner of that league if you're listening to the podcast at the end of the season. Yes. Um, good. Right. Well, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure. Lovely to talk to you again, my friend. And you too, my friend. I'm glad back, you've recovered. Um, Thanks, mate. Yeah, it wasn't very nice, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be back. Uh, but yeah, we will be back after the first uh, game week and we wish you the very best of luck. Don't forget to join the league. Follow us on Twitter at FPL Faceoff. And otherwise, it is good night from me. Lighters. Lighters. Thank you.